Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. The Telegraph. The Telegraph. Podcasts. The Chancellor extends the furlough scheme until the end of October. By that point, we will have provided eight months of support to British people and businesses. Six new cases in Wuhan spark plans to test 11 million. As Wuhan seeks to end its outbreak, all eyes are on the city where it all began. And a very royal thank you for nursing staff. This is Coronavirus, the latest from The Telegraph. I'm Theodora Leloudis. The government will continue to pay up to 80% of the wages of furloughed workers until the end of October. Some 7.5 million UK jobs have been furloughed so far, jobs which may have otherwise been lost entirely. The Institute for Fiscal Studies estimates the cost of the scheme could reach £100 billion. But today, the Chancellor said companies will be asked to start sharing the cost from August. Jessica Beard is The Telegraph's personal finance reporter. Flexibility is what they wanted, and flexibility is what they got. Rishi Sunak's announcement today will come as a huge sigh of relief for many businesses. He's answered the calls of the business community, and in fact, he's gone above and beyond expectation. Many were hoping for an extension of the furlough scheme until the end of September. So his announcement that it'll run until the end of October will give businesses more breathing room when it comes to planning ahead. More clarity was needed, particularly for industries that aren't likely to resume business until July, such as pubs, restaurants, shops and cinemas. The extension means that employers in these industries will be relieved to know they can keep their workers on the payroll rather than be forced to let them go. The Chancellor also delivered good news for workers, confirming that furlough pay will stay at 80% for the rest of the scheme. But he did say employers will need to share the burden of paying salaries with the government. Now, this implies that some of the wages will be paid by businesses themselves. What this means is there'll be more pressure on businesses to top up pay above a certain threshold. This is where the announcement has raised more questions, because there's not yet any clarity on how much businesses will have to pay towards wages. Some employers may struggle to top up wages, and some may find they can't afford to. So what happens in those instances? Another key part of the announcement was that the scheme will become more flexible from the end of July onwards. This should allow employers to bring back their workers part-time. But again, the exact details of the flexible options are yet to be released. We're all dreaming of a holiday, but if you were actually planning one, disappointing words from the health secretary. Social distancing of some kind is going to continue. 
And I think, you know, the conclusion from that is that it is unlikely that uh, big, lavish international holidays are going to be possible for, uh, for, for this summer. I, I just think that's a, a, a reality of life. Speaking there to ITV's This Morning, Matt Hancock tempered expectations of far-flung beaches. It comes as Spain joined the UK in asking international arrivals to observe two weeks of quarantine to counter the threat of new infections entering the country. The measure will come into effect for visitors to Spain from this Friday, while the timeline for the UK's quarantine remains unclear. Those coming to Britain from France or Ireland won't have to self-isolate for two weeks. Shadow Foreign Secretary Lisa Nandy was a among those to criticise the timing of the move, saying she'd been asking the government to quarantine travellers for weeks. So would implementing a quarantine earlier have helped the UK control the outbreak? Dr Simon Clark is an associate professor in cellular microbiology at the University of Reading. He says the jury's out. During the previous COVID-19 outbreak, the British government resisted calls for closing the border or even the introduction of a quarantine system. They argued that because the virus was already here in large numbers and was circulating widely, there was no point. The fact that Italy's banning of flights from China hadn't stopped that country having a significant problem was pointed to as a reason not to bother. But that assumed that Italy's first cases came directly from China instead of somewhere else. Now, you could argue that even though we were enduring an epidemic in this country, we shouldn't have allowed even more virus to enter through our ports and airports. But the truth of the matter is that we will never really know whether it would have had much or any of an effect. Plenty of questions remain unanswered around travel, cancelled flights, planning for future travels and the implications of crossing borders. And our Deputy Head of Travel, Nick Trend, will be trying to answer some of them for you at 1pm on Wednesday. I'll put details of how to join that live Q&A on The Telegraph's website in the show notes. Officials in Wuhan are drawing up plans for the entire city's population of 11 million people to be tested after a resurgence in new infections over the weekend. The Chinese city, where the outbreak began, is taking swift action after it reported six new COVID-19 cases. Before this, it saw no new cases at all since the 3rd of April. Wendy Tang reports. A 10-day battle to avoid a second peak is underway in Wuhan. Six new cases were found in the same residential compound, prompting officials to take quick actions to combat the resurgence of the virus outbreak. All new coronavirus tests must be completed within 10 days. Health officials are not taking any chances of a community outbreak after the government lifted the city's lockdown a month ago. Authorities called for vigilance to be maintained against COVID-19, and they also warned against complacency. China now has to strike a balance between maintaining a degree of public health control and easing restrictions, where it is safe to return the society and the economy to some stage of normalcy. The central government has allowed cinemas, museums, and other recreational venues across the country to gradually reopen. The Shanghai Disneyland reopened on Monday for the first time in three months but it restricted daily visitors to 30% of the park's capacity. If Wuhan achieves its goal of carrying out 11 million tests, it will be quite a feat. The United States has carried out 9 million tests in total. As Wuhan seeks to end its outbreak, all eyes are on the city where it all began. 
care homes now account for 40% of coronavirus fatalities, according to new data from the Office for National Statistics. It reveals over 8,300 coronavirus-related deaths took place in care homes in England and Wales before the 1st of May. Health Secretary Matt Hancock said progress was being made in tackling the epidemic in the care sector. The proportion of people who have died in care homes um, ha- is lower than in many other countries. And thankfully, the number of people who are, who are dying in care homes is coming down. Uh, it's, it's almost halved in the past um, two to three weeks since the peak. Whilst the number of deaths with COVID-19 in care homes did decrease in the second half of April, the number of people who died with coronavirus increased as a proportion of all deaths in the care sector. The health secretary went on to say that 25% of deaths had taken place in care homes, not 40% as per the ONS statistics. The Telegraph's health correspondent Henry Bodkin has the story. At first it seemed like a contradiction. In the face of critical questions, the Health Secretary, Matt Hancock, said on Tuesday that a quarter of deaths from coronavirus had taken place in care homes, while the ONS statistics showed that nearly 40% of deaths are happening in the sector. In fact, both are true, and the difference helps illustrate how the crisis is developing. Official figures show that since the beginning of the outbreak, just under 25% of COVID deaths in England and Wales have taken place in care homes. However, in the most recent week for which we have figures, the seven days up to April the 1st, the 6,500 deaths in care homes amounted to nearly 4 in 10 of the total. The number of hospital deaths has been falling steadily since April, but the care sector has been struggling to contain outbreaks. And although on the basis of today's ONS figures, experts have said that we're probably past the peak in care homes, the numbers are not coming down anything like as quickly as in hospitals. This is important not just for care home residents, but because ministers say that the ongoing epidemic in care homes is one of the main factors preventing the R value, or rate of infection, from dropping low enough to allow further easing of the lockdown. They're concerned that care homes may become reservoirs for the virus from which it can be reintroduced into the wider community. Perhaps the most telling reaction to today's statistics was from Professor Sir David Spiegelhalter, one of Britain's top statisticians, who highlighted the indirect toll of the pandemic, the 20,000 excess deaths from care homes not attributed to COVID-19. He said many people may well have lived longer had they managed to get to hospital. In 1940, she gave her first public broadcast on the wireless in an address captured by a solemn black and white photograph. Eight decades on and the Queen's broken new ground once again, starring in her first published video call to thank nurses for their work on International Nurses Day. Good afternoon, Your Majesty. Good afternoon. This is rather an important day. Oh, it is. It's quite special, the International Nurses Day being recognised by the general public. The Queen led her family in calling nurses across the world to thank them for keeping the show on the road during coronavirus. Among those to express their gratitude, the Prince of Wales. On this uh, International Nurses Day, my family and I want to join in the chorus of thank you to nursing and midwifery staff all over the country and indeed the world. The Duke and Duchess of Cambridge. Thank you for everything you're doing. It's amazing that you're able to still continue the support and the care that you would normally provide, even under these really difficult circumstances. And the Princess Royal. It's a pleasure to talk to you, and I think we can we can be part of the celebration, and yeah. you represent that um, so well, so thank you so much. The joint royal effort is the first Zoom engagement undertaken by the wider family as a team. And if you want to know whether the royal family is struggling to get used to the technology as much as you might be, I'll link to the video of that call in the show notes. 
This is Coronavirus, the latest from The Telegraph. I'm Theodora Leloudis and I'll have your next update on Wednesday evening. In the meantime, stay up to date on The Telegraph's website. You can get seven days free access to all of our journalism free by going to telegraph.co.uk slash audio. And after that, it's just £3 a week. As our own less royal thank you to NHS staff, you can get six months free access to The Telegraph online. I'll put details of how to claim that offer in the show notes. 